This is my body. This past year I experienced one of the greatest moments in my priesthood. And it was connected to one of the hardest times in my priesthood. For two months, as you know, the church in Phoenix, the diocese, closed the doors. And people were unable to come, even pray, unable to come, go to Mass, receive the Eucharist. And the priests here in Flagstaff that I lived with, we continue to say Mass and live stream it and try to help people feel connected. But the date was May 10th, and it was the first day in which at the end of Mass, nobody knew ahead of time, but we announced it, we said, you can come and receive communion. And so then we went outside and we waited. We're like, I wonder if anybody's going to, whoa! And then all, of a sudden all these cars started flying up the hill because people are like, oh my gosh, we can receive communion. And, and they just, like, in a hurry, just like driving in. And so we're sitting there and, and we begin to, you know, give, each, give people communion. And I remember this one woman in particular, she came forward, she was with her family, and she received, uh, she received communion, and then she, you know, kind of stepped aside, and then she just froze. And then, and then these tears started coming down her cheeks, and she, she put her, her face in her hands, and she just started weeping in gratitude for being able to receive her Lord again. Her, her husband came up and just embraced her. She was just so grateful and overwhelmed to be able to receive Jesus again. This Holy Thursday, we receive the gift of the Eucharist with greater gratitude than ever before, do we not? Aware of the gift that we have Jesus in the Eucharist, in the Mass, grateful to be able to receive him. And, and during COVID, we could, we could still pray, right? You know, we, we could watch Mass live stream and, and we could read the scriptures and, and pray as a family. We could even sing songs. But something was missing. Jesus knows it. And that's why he gives us the gift of the Eucharist. It's one thing to be spiritually connected to somebody, but it's something on a totally different level to have sacramental, physical union. And that's what our God desires with us. That's, the, that's actually the difference, put simply, between Catholics and Protestants. You want, sometimes people get hung up and say, well, well, let's talk about the Pope, or let's talk about Mary, or let's talk about the saints. It's like, no, 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 no. The difference between Catholics and Protestants is the Eucharist. That our God, who chose to come and be enfleshed in front of us, chooses to continue to come enfleshed so that we can have union with him so that we can know that we're not alone. And so tonight we, we receive this gift that we are 
at the Last Supper. That's when St. Paul talks about remembrance in our second reading, that the Jewish sense of remembrance is not, hey, you remember, remember my birthday, my 21st birthday? I think I could still remember. Like, 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 it's not like just think about it, that the Jewish sense of remembrance is you're there. That's why during the Seder Supper, the youngest boy will say, why is this night different from all other nights? That we're there. In a similar way that we, at every Mass, we are there at the Last Supper, and we are at the cross, which is it's one and the same sacrifice. Jesus offering his body and blood, Jesus offering his body and blood. It's one and the same, but it wasn't made known until the full Paschal mystery happened. And so on this night, we receive from Jesus the gift of the Eucharist, his enduring presence in the church. And I don't know if you, maybe you, to feel Jesus' presence, you know, God is not a feeling, but I've had people come to me and tell me, there was a, someone became Catholic a few years ago, and they said, I'm like, why do you want to become Catholic? And they said, I've been to just about every church in Flagstaff, but when I walked into this church, there was something different. Something, someone, there was, there was, a, there was a presence. There is a presence. Jesus remains with his church. And to make his presence here, he also gives us the gift of the priesthood. That the priesthood and the Eucharist go hand in hand. That the church makes the Eucharist, and the Eucharist makes the church. And so Christ calls forth this night men who will make him present in their bodies, in their lives in their actions. And God continues to call forth, even today, men who are willing to let Christ work through them so that he can become and remain present to his bride, the church. Now, this this is a big deal. And some people look at that and be like, man, like the power to hold God if, if that doesn't remain checked, that could really lead to narcissism and pride. And so that's why Jesus gives us this example tonight. And the church gives us this reading. Instead of giving us, you know, the institution narrative, we're given at the Last Supper, what does Jesus do? But he takes off his outer garment and he goes and he humbly washes the feet of his disciples. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. That the priesthood that Jesus institutes is not a priesthood of, of power and egocentrism, but it's a priesthood in service of others, a priesthood that is willing to get on their knees is willing to get their hands dirty in order to serve others. That, that's how you can feel a genuine, well, just in general, a genuine Christian. <laughs> is this someone in service of others or someone who thinks that others are in service of them? 
We're also given tonight, even to make some more connections here, our first reading. It, it's the time of the Egyptians, and the, the Hebrew people have been enslaved. But God has a plan through the blood of the Lamb to lead his people to freedom. And so he gives them this ritual to follow. Take this unblemished lamb and shed its blood, its life blood, and put it over you, over the doorway. And you who have put, have placed yourself under the blood of the lamb will have salvation and life and freedom. And so the, the Hebrew people are obedient. They're humble. They, they follow the dictates of God. And that's what the priesthood continues to do, to follow the dictates of God, not their own agenda, to place themselves under the blood of Christ, to pour out the blood of Christ for others so that other people can know true freedom and salvation. I don't know if you saw on social media today, but Bishop Olmsted promulgated an apostolic exhortation on the Eucharist. It's called Vene Remor Chernui, which is one of the lines from the Eucharist hymns that we sing. And it means down in adoration falling, that we, we fall down adoring our God who's present. And so I encourage you to read it. It's like 30 pages. It's, it's theology, so it's, it's maybe a little thick, but he, he wrote it to be very approachable. And so especially for college students. You can read that. And, and the idea is that on this night in which Jesus gives us his presence in the Eucharist, that we can learn more to understand and receive that gift in a deeper way. That in this year in which people have felt more distant from the Eucharist than ever, that we can ponder this mystery and draw close again. He also makes the beautiful point that, that we see... That, that the Eucharist is given to us as a preparation for uncertain futures. That the Hebrew people are told, we're, God's going to lead you out of Egypt. And they're like, okay, where? The promised land. Is that off I-40 or? Yeah, you know, like, like they don't know where they're going to go. And what does he do? He says, I'm not going to tell you where I'm going, but I'm going to tell you that I'm with you. It's, it's the same thing for, for us. Do we not live in uncertain times with unknown futures? Well, how long is COVID going to last? Are we ever going to get back to... I mean, just, we just don't know. And God doesn't tell us how it's going to go, but he tells us who's going to go with us. And he says to us in the Eucharist, I'm with you. I am your bread for the journey. Truly present. Let's do this together. That, I think this is the antidote. Maybe I'll give Jesus a new title. The Eucharist is the antidote to anxiety. To know that Jesus is with me. And he will continue to be with me and show up. So no matter what happens, of course the future is unknown. It's impossible to know it. But what do I know is the one who will be with me. And I can have peace in that.
I was thinking today just about stepping into unknown futures and shepherds, and it made me think about the story of Bishop Olmsted. And I don't know if you remember, students probably wouldn't. In 2010, there was a little thing when St. Joseph Hospital in Phoenix, they had violated the ethical and religious directives that they chose, say that they hold themselves to. They committed a direct abortion as well as sterilization, other procedures that are contrary to Catholic teaching. And so Bishop Olmsted, in service to Christ and his teachings in the church, dialogued with these people and then eventually said, I have to let people know that they may not receive Catholic care at this Catholic hospital. So he withdrew the Catholic designation and people flipped a lid in the diocese around the country. People freaked out. People are still angry at Bishop Olmsted to this day because of it. But what did he do? He chose to be in service of Christ, to be faithful to what he had been handed, knowing that Christ was with him, even if the whole world was against him. I don't know that that's a healthy, he didn't say that. That's not a healthy attitude, like the whole world's against me. It doesn't matter, but Christ says, if, who, if I am with you, who can be against you? And so he was in, Bishop Olmsted was in this press conference, because people were, people were hot, they were mad. And so they asked him in this press conference, this reporter asked him this question. They said, uh, what's your response to what people are reporting about you in the blogosphere, what they're saying about you? Bishop Olmsted says this, I don't know what people are saying about me in the blogospheres. I begin every morning with an hour of adoration before the Blessed Sacrament. I pray each day to find my identity in Jesus Christ. Christ is present in his living body, the church. If I'm faithful to that, then if I'm praised or ridiculed, it doesn't matter. What I'm called to be is faithful to Jesus Christ and his church. Do you feel the freedom? Do you feel the confidence of knowing who he is? Because he, know, he knows in whom he lives. He knows who he spends time with every day in prayer. He knows the one who's with him in the Eucharist able to walk forward into unknown, uncertain, even hostile futures, knowing that he's exactly where he needs to be. And so today we come here in faith. It's reasonable, but it's still an act of faith that our God comes to us in body and blood, giving us the strength to offer our own body and blood to him in service. And so we pray for the grace. God, help us to understand, help us to receive and to believe that this is truly your body.